Well, welcome to Why God Why, everybody. Great to have you joining us. My name is John Amayo, and I have next to me Aaron McGinnis. Yes, that's right. A (laughs) friend of mine, as well as I hope of yours very soon. Uh, Even if you don't know him yet, I have a feeling you're going to grow to love this man sitting right next to me. I will see. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure they will. You know, here at Why God Why, we want to be answering the questions that you might not feel super comfortable just asking in church. And so, In order to do that, in order to provide a place that's safe for you, a place where you feel like, hey, I can ask these people questions, we figure it's good for you to get to know us a little bit. So that's why we're having those conversations, and uh, I get the privilege to talk with Aaron, which I do often anyway. So this isn't (laughs) like an awkward thing for us. Uh, This is kind of a normal everyday deal. (laughs) So you guys can get invited into our world, okay? So this is fun for me. Um, (laughs) Okay, Aaron, let me start off with one of the questions that we ask each other often, just on a daily basis. Who is this Aaron McGinnis? If you had uh, to summarize who he is, really. Yeah, just the, a nice small question to right. start out. I love it, Dad. <laughs> who is Aaron McGinnis? Oh, there's something about having to talk about myself that's way harder than just mm. talking about ideas. But let's let's dive into it. I'll try to give you guys an overview um, I grew up, we'll start back in the day, uh, grew up in a family of uh, five mom, dad, wonderful humans, uh, love the Lord, uh, two older brothers, and then there's me, the, the third. Uh, we were a family who attended church pretty regularly. Grandpa was a pastor. Two uncles were pastors, right? My parents were Sunday school teachers, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and we are also an athletic family. So mm-hmm. if we weren't uh, on the basketball court or soccer field or track or in the baseball diamond or at church or at small group, we were um, probably, what were we doing? <laughs> I think I went over. Yeah. yeah. We, we were all those places. Right. And we also lived in the country. So I grew up uh, living in the woods pretty much, bringing yeah. my dog out uh, past the creek, skipping stones, trying to see how many foxes I could see. Wow. So, there, yeah, it was a, a whole mix of that was, was how I grew up. Well, describe that family. Okay. So this is, this is an interesting family dynamic that you're describing. Mom, dad... Two older brothers. You're yes. the youngest. Yes. How did that all play out for you? Like, is this just like everybody was like, "Wow, Aaron's the greatest"? Like, how did that? <laughs> how did that play out for you? Yeah, uh, I was. I kind of Aaron's the greatest, okay. but only because my uh, my family was the greatest, um, right? So I, I like to say I went by Minnie McGinnis until eighth grade. So people knew me yeah. as Minnie McGinnis, and I, I was kind of proud of that because. Uh, my parents accomplished athletes, you know, um, good people, my brothers very much so as well. So I kind of got lumped into the fam- that family unit, which for me was a very proud thing to be. Um, I think also within that was a little bit of a journey for me to find my own and mm. not just fill shoes, but kind of choose my own shoes and yeah. walk a different path. So that's been a constant um, journey for me as well. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're talking about that that kid. So what's the difference between Minnie McGinnis yeah. and the kid that well, is th- just, skipping stones 
yes. by himself in the forest? Oh, that's such a good question. I uh, And I have answers. So Minnie McGinnis, I, I often joke with my brothers, uh, my brother started playing guitar, mm-hmm. so I started playing guitar. Mm. My brother started making videos, so I started making videos. My brothers played basketball, I played basketball. They did track, I did track. Mm-hmm. I pretty much, uh, they wore clothes, I wore those same clothes, right? Mm. So uh, much of my life was viewing them as an example in a lot of good ways, but also uh, probably just emulating and mimicking uh, Mm. them, um, seeing the success that they've had, right? (laughs) Um, And I think that kids skipping stones in the forest, uh, for me, that's a uniquely Aaron thing. Mm. (laughs) I I don't know if I ever saw... My brother's doing that. I was known as the one who loved the dog and would take the dog out, you know, until sunset. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm whittling my, I have scars on my hand from whittling my own sticks to like cut through the brush with and things like that. Um, But within that, there are a lot of similarities with my family. Mm -hmm. We're all, all creative types, you know, Mm -hmm. we, uh, we all love music. We all love sports. So there are a lot of really cool overlapping similarities. But yeah, definitely a journey to figure out who I am, not just as um, you know my brother's brother, or you yeah. know, which you know when I got to college, that's how people referred to me. Oh, you're this person's brother. I'm like, right. that's right, I am. <laughs> you mm. know, so trying to break out of that. Um, was uh, was interesting and is yeah. still continuing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a common thing, right? For a lot of us, experience that, mm-hmm. that comparison between family members, comparison to whether it's parents or siblings or whatever. And it's tough to know who am I in the middle of all of that. And so when did you lose that term, Minnie McGinnis? Like you said, eighth yeah. grade? Is eighth that what grade. you said? So in eighth grade, my dad took the uh, head track coach position at Roberts Wesleyan College, which meant we were going to move from Southern Tier, Falconer, New York, mm-hmm. um, to uh, this area in Rochester. So we moved to Brockport, um, actually where my dad went to high school. And it's funny, I both escaped it and didn't because we went to mm-hmm. the church that my grandpa was the pastor at. And actually where my dad literally lived, it was the parsonage mm-hmm. the church was. So I both escaped a, a whole, um, yeah, the the connection to the family, but mm-hmm. also got brought into another area. Mm-hmm. But when I entered eighth grade, no one knew who I was. So I started going by my first name, Aaron, which I actually thought was lame at first. I'm like, mm. oh, this is, I don't get to bring with me all the accolades of my family mm. um, in this moment. Uh, but, and in some ways I didn't know how to handle it. And I kind of shut down in eighth grade, mm. um, you know, not having the family unit to, to lean back on um, for people to know about. So uh, yeah, eighth grade was a rough year. Mm. And I think, yeah. And again, I'm still really working through the who is Aaron McGinnis uh, thing. Cause even I was looking at some old uh, intro letters for college and for this postgrad program I did. And I sent it to my brothers. And I'm like, who does this sound like? And they're like, oh, that sounds like our oldest brother. I literally like was trying to emulate him in my, um, and who I was, it was crazy. So, I mean, we're not too far beyond that. And, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that has implications for faith as well, but there you go. We're going yeah. uh, super shallow. Yeah, to start. dude, just dive in. in. You know, that's me. Let's dive in, man. Let's dive in. So Amazing. I think that you're just, you're segueing into something that I was thinking about, which is, so how did that affect your faith journey? Like, obviously, like that's what this podcast is about is mm-hmm. people on their own faith journey, like, and kind of trying to make sense of how does this fit in with the context of my life? So like, yeah. how did that point in your life really impact your journey in faith? Yeah, so I mean, my faith journey, uh, even before eighth grade, I mean, really when I started making my own was in college, but before all that, it was very much a, a communal faith, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, we moved as a unit, we went to church, I knew some of the Sunday school answers and we just were Christians. Like Mm -hmm. that was kind of the label that we lived within. Um, I don't think I necessarily really captured that. I do remember second grade uh, praying the prayer Mm -hmm. in the, in the lunchroom with my buddy. Like I want to follow Jesus with my life. So that came uh, relatively early on. I remember that exact moment. But from then on, it was just kind of a swimming in the water type mm. of thing. Um, I, I never put effort towards my faith. Mm. I, like, I don't remember ever being like, because I believe this, I am going to do this instead mm. of that. Like, I just uh, didn't, it didn't click at all. And actually part of it too was this trying to uphold the family name, mm. kind of innate, as I uncover this stuff now of, of wow, okay, the McGinnis family. Yeah. Wow, you know, they're the pastors. They're the ones leading the Sunday school classes. They're the ones whose kids are leading worship or the president of the Christian club. Mm. And so I think it kind of ingrained to me early on was like, we better behave <laughs> in mm-hmm. a sense. Like, yeah. um, and I think I kind of started getting a big head about that, especially when I got into eighth grade, realizing that not everyone's a Christian and realizing that the things my family did were different than other families. And I started getting a reputation of being like that Christian kid. And I went to a school with, there's about 370 in my graduating class. And it wasn't, there weren't many Christians at all. And there was this award that I got. And I remember feeling so excited and proud because mm. they said this person's faith is important to them and I'm like it's me <laughs> you know like like yes like fist pumping super but they humble. Gave, hold on so what they just gave out this award cuz faith is important to you award no, or, or was, what what was this award I, what i call it was the um i'd let him date my daughter award okay <laughs> it all was right like who's a good kid okay he's a good kid gotcha <laughs> i didn't a, know in what context you know, they were like you know i did the classic Christian. i didn't swear i was very right. proud that I didn't use any profanity, naughty words, and I didn't drink. And he still alcohol. has never used one to this day. Uh, my wife's, yeah, my wife's like, I've never. It was the other day. She's like, that's the first time I've ever heard you. She, I'm like, was that really? <laughs> I don't know if that counted. <laughs> um, so, like, deeply ingrained, like, do not do these things. Um, yeah. and, and it wasn't even my parents or anything that like mm. they didn't like tell that to me. Uh, that's just something I must have learned. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I didn't drink. I didn't go to parties. Mm-hmm. Maybe to the detriment. I like really didn't go to parties. Mm. <laughs> Lost friend. You know, it wasn't great. But the the teachers knew that and I was like the teachers I was a teacher's pet of course mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this senior year prom mm-hmm. 
Um, I go to prom. My legs are dying because I was in a track meet in Victor. Yeah. I did the deca- or the um, oh my gosh, the pentathlon. Okay. It was I thought nine- you were gonna say the Macarena because you're yeah, at the prom, but no, was, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. Did go the ahead. pentathlon yeah. in Victor, 98 degree day. Yeah. Absolutely dead. I go to prom that night. I didn't really want to go. I really had never danced before. Very yeah. uncomfortable in that situation. And my legs hurt so much that I could barely stand. So I went and just talked to all the chaperones. <laughs> Talk to the chaperones, <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, what a good upstanding what young man! A good upstanding young man with high morals." <laughs> Who's ignoring his date? Were you? Did yeah, you have a date? I feel so bad, Megan. I'm so sorry. Oh, Megan, I'm I, sorry too, Megan. I feel like yeah. I need to apologize. I haven't seen her really since. I saw her right. brother. I'm like, I just need to apologize. Yeah. So, well, you just did, Megan. Did, uh, there you go. Consider it your apology, Megan. She didn't That's really want to go with me. Let's be honest. Well, um, <laughs> But the chaperones are glad you she did. So the chaperones there you go. and yeah, and they had a was, lovely evening. Yeah, you know, as long as the adults mm. thought that I was a really good kid and people thought I was a good kid, that meant I was succeeding as a quote unquote follower of Christ. Mm. And so that's kind of which led to a lot of. Uh, judgment in my heart <laughs> towards right. others who were, oh my gosh, you went to a party, even if there wasn't drinking, you, mm. you sinner, mm. you know, like the things that Christians are often accused of. I was certainly that yeah, um, for sure. While also having like nice morals, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Cause um, yeah, that's how uh, I kind of grew up with my faith and it really wasn't until it, it, there's actually two things happening though. There was one thing where I think God was very kind to me in that He kept giving me some small desire to to try to know Him more. Mm-hmm. I just can't explain it, but you know, my brothers were out of the house, and I'm like, I I think I really want to read my Bible. And I'm like, I really want to go to youth group. And I'm like mm-hmm. getting my parents to try to find me a youth group. And it was kind of coming from me. Yeah. It wasn't coming from, well, it was coming from God. But, um, and the situations I got in weren't, uh, weren't that edifying or helpful for my spiritual walk. But there's at least, some, you know, I, I went to Roberts Wesleyan College. I wanted to go to a Christian college. My parents didn't tell me I needed to. I like brought a list of Bible verses my first day. I'm like, I'm going to memorize so many verses when I get to college. And again, Mm. I don't have any friends who are Christians that are uh, spurring me on. Yeah. What made you think like, I want to memorize a bunch of verses. Like where did that come from? Oh, I mean, I'm probably just digging into my repertoire of what good Christians, what people who love God do. But I do think there is probably a true, like good desire of like, I want to know more mm-hmm. of who he is. And I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't really have people around me that were pushing me there mm. that I remember. Um, but there, this was always there. And then it wasn't until sophomore year of college, I went to a camp called Summer's Best Two Weeks. Um, there's a lot of day camps in Rochester, New York. Uh, I went to the original, the OG mm. in uh, Lake Gloria, Pennsylvania, 
which was a Christian sports camp. And my friend brought back a promotional video for this and showed it to our fellowship of Christian athletes saying, she's like, this is a camp I went to. Um, I'm just going to play the video. And she played the video and I'm like, I start by like leaning back in my seat and then I like scoot up. I'm like, oh my gosh. And by the end, I'm nearly standing up. I'm like, I need to go. I need to be there. <laughs> it's like, it's something within me was like, I need to be there. Mm. So I interviewed and, uh, got, I became a counselor there. So, and it really fit well. It was a Christian sports camp. And what I learned, it started shattering some of my preconceived notions. Like Mm -hmm. all good Christians go to Christian college. I Mm. got there, uh, made many good friends from Penn State, Mm -hmm. Ohio State, um, big schools, big quote unquote party schools. And I would wake up at seven and realize that at 6.30 they had gotten up and started reading their Bibles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about exhausting days with eight-year-olds through 15 years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're getting up early every day to read their Bible. And I'm like, what is this? Like I had not seen that at all, mm-hmm. especially not uh, f- what I would think from someone who's not going to a Christian college, <gasps> you know? And then, so I see them doing that. I'm like, should I be doing that? I'm like, I don't know. And it wasn't until I was a co-counselor with my friend, uh, Mark Matheson, who went by Bojangles. This is clearly a gift. Of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Bojangles, which was ironically my nickname for baseball in third grade. Bojangles? Bojangles. You have a nickname for a sport? Yeah. Wow. I don't, no, not for the sport. Oh. It was my... Oh, your nickname yes. in the sport. He's going up to the oh, plate. Here there you go. Okay, Bojangles for the win. I have no idea. No. But yeah. anyways, okay, Bojangles, Mark Matheson was yeah. like, hey, dude, like, you should you should totally read your Bible. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, why don't you get up with me tomorrow and we'll read. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I got up, started reading. Then I started reading and I kept reading. And the next day I was reading and then I was just devouring scripture, wow. just create. And then I got back to school and I'm, you know, I was the, I had like my favorite pens are those multicolored pens. Yeah, Cause yeah. you could underline and circle and write. And then I like blew through that. And then my friend got me a Bible with like journal notes and I just <laughs> going crazy through that too. Um, so I was kind of engaging with like, Oh my gosh, this is, I haven't really been trusting God at all. Mm. I've just been living a moral life. That's what it felt like. And I did have good examples from my family of like, oh, that's what it looks like to trust God. But it just didn't click to me um, until that moment. And then that's where things got really interesting mm. because I uh, I started engaging with God more than I ever had. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I should put my trust in him. And I'm like, oh, but this is what it looks like to put, my trust in him in these moments. And then like we all do, I chose not to trust him (laughs) in many moments. And I found myself deep in sin. Mm -hmm. It it was this weird juxtaposition of like crushing through the Bible, like genuinely wanting to know as much as I could about the word of God and about God. And also being so aware of where I was falling short and like Mm. in in sin and going in the depths of sin where I'm like this, yeah, we're not, this does not, we're not in a good place here. Yeah. So I was like living this. uh, So what does it feel like in that moment? Like you're describing something that a lot of people probably even, you know, watching this or listening to this Mm -hmm. have experienced. What does it feel like to you in that? Oh, it's awful. (laughs) It feels like, 
you know, like you're being ripped in half, but really it felt like, what's wrong with me? Because <laughs> mm. I think because I, my faith had been built up on moral behavior for so long that not being able to produce moral behavior in an area was like, like, get it together, man. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, this mm-hmm. is, you got to stop or you got to be able to switch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was really hard on myself. Um, and I assumed that the way to uh, address it was just to work harder and just be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just be better, you know? Um, so that that certainly was a moment for me. Um, and then post uh, post-college, I'm going through all these things, uh, you know, had a really bad relationship. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm still going to camp in the summers and having great summers. And then it, it's just this huge mixed bag and I'm trying to figure out who I am and, mm. and like who I am apart from my brothers who went to this school and everyone still knows, and he's still popping up in the, the videos and I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh. And I ended up, uh, being introduced to a program in Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia, through a church where, uh, and they really filled out the rest for me of what the Christian life really was. How Mm -hmm. does it play out in everyday life? What does it look like beyond just reading your Bible? What does it look like beyond just attending church 52 weeks a year and giving yourself a gold star? Mm. So uh, that was totally separate from my family. And I was really able to start diving into those questions deeper. And, uh, but really what happened was I tried, (laughs) I'm uncovering this now in those spaces, I tried to still emulate my brothers Mm. and I still tried to be them. Mm -hmm. And then it's what worked for you. It's probably what worked. Yeah, it is what worked. It's what worked for them. And then people started labeling me exactly like they would, someone would label my brothers and I was getting Mm. annoyed by it. Like, why do they think? Because you felt unseen for who you truly were. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't know how to be who I truly was. Mm. So there you go. Fast forward. Oh, wow. We're still on that. Yeah. Fast forward. Yeah. I meet my wife there, Kelsey. Yeah. If you've met her, you have a good friend because she's amazing. Mm-hmm. I met her at camp. Yeah. Uh, we did not date. We knew her for two years. And then she did the same program I did, but a year later in Virginia. Yeah. And then the year after that, we started dating, got engaged, moved back to Rochester. How long is this dating to engaged? What are we talking about? Oh, was it eight months, nine months? Okay. So pretty quick in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Thank you. You were like, you were like, I know. As and she I, was like, "Oh, this is the this is the man for me." She's wonderful. She this. I was her first boyfriend. Uh-huh. Um, I I had dated a ton of people before her, and there's was always this three month marker, and I pretty much knew by three months mm. that it wasn't going to work out for everyone else. Right, and for her, I'm like, "Oh snap, <laughs> she's <laughs> amazing." This is if anyone's going to screw it up, it's going to be me. Who did? Is it? Is it that you finally felt? I'm just. I'm digging in here with yeah, you. So you are. Just yeah, let yeah, me no, let I'm, me go. I'm just going. Like, is it? Is it that you felt like you were finally seen for who you were by somebody? Not oh. not somebody else. I think that was a big part of it, uh, yeah. for sure. And especially because we share a lot of this. Like our one of our first dates we went out in the middle of the woods and strung up hammocks mm. and just listened to music. And I'm yeah. like, this is incredible. 
this is the best date ever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she felt the same way. And so, the, and she's a third child. She has okay. two older brothers. If you know Kelsey and I, you probably don't know. Her yeah. dad was a math teacher. My dad was a math teacher. Her dad coached track. My dad coached track. Her mom's a cardiac nurse. My mom's a cardiac nurse. They're pretty wow. much the exact same age. She has two older brothers who all did sports. I had two wow. older brothers that all did. So uh, she loves animals. I love it. There's a lot yeah. of like those types of similarities that mm. it started getting strange. Yeah. We're like, you too? And it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, and although we're very different people and we keep learning that as we continue in our marriage, um, there was a lot of strong, we did track workouts together when we started. Um, so it was a lot of the same interests and she loved the Lord and she's beautiful and she's super kind and she's just wonderful. So it was pretty, for me, it was an obvious mm. green light go. Yeah. Um, for her, you'd have to ask her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And fast forward to this time, and now you guys have like a little child of your own. Yes, we do. This Holy is cow. Living in the past, you almost forget. Yeah, I know. we have yeah. a little 16-month-old Addie yeah. Mae McGinnis. Addie could be one of the cutest kids on the planet. <laughs> Verified by my children when... <laughs> Kelsey and Aaron came over for dinner the other night. My kids were like, who do not speak highly of children in general. They said that could be the cutest kid alive. And so congratulations to you See, and Kelsey. Way I, to go. I You've wholeheartedly believe, agree yeah. with that. That is so true. So yes, uh, we have a little family of three now and we've been absolutely loving it. And Kelsey is just started um, doing counseling. Mm -hmm. um, she got her master's and license in social work. So she's... Uh, really passionate about the mental health field and about uh, young people. So mm. supporting her and doing that. Uh, yeah, it's great. Dude. She's great. Love the family. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm just thinking about parts of your story and how it works out that you are in the position that you're in right now, mm -hmm. um, really serving as a mentor for people who are you know, students, yeah, that's your role is, you know, overseeing student ministry at Browncroft yep. and how fortunate um, I think our church is to have you in that role, that serving mm -hmm. in that way because of your life experience and because of what you bring to mm -hmm. the table. Um, yeah. What do you, what, what drives you in student ministry? Like what makes you most passionate about it? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think... You know, there's so many things and even like life circumstances that make me passionate. I think I felt like I never had anyone to talk to and mm. no peers and no one to ask questions. And not like it wasn't my parents' fault or anything, but that's mm -hmm. how I, I felt. You know, I kind of felt like I was floating around and just had to do it alone um, and had to make a lot of mistakes in order to you know, stumble my way there. Think God is good and mm. he still made me there. But I'm like, man, there, there are so many kids that God's probably working in their hearts and I want to provide a safe space for them to ask questions, to explore his word, to grow in community together and to have mentors. Thankfully, Browncroft had a lot of good things set up when we got here. Um, and so we continue to make those spaces. And, and also for like very personally, I saw, I was kind of like in this transition moments where I did see my brothers go through a, a church system almost, mm. um, where it was, 
where you couldn't ask those questions. And if you mm. asked the questions, you got shunned. You had to just stuff them down deep until mm. you finally got out of a space where you could ask the questions. And then when you mm. can ask the questions, you're going to, you get a lot of an- different answers. Mm. And when fi- someone finally starts listening to you about these questions, um, yeah, it makes it hard when you feel like you've seen a bunch of hypocritical Christians and then genuine uh, people who see the world in a different way. So I wanted to really undo that. And, and yeah, my drive is just create a space where wherever you are, if you're atheist or any religion or a, a Christian who loves Jesus with all your heart and is asking him for every step of the way where he's leading. Um, I want this to be a, a space where you can ask the questions, have genuine mentors who love you and, and what I always say is uh, when a kid enters or a student enters the building, I want them first and foremost to f- to have someone love them with the love of Jesus mm. and to be compelled to seek out that love um, and the giver of that love, no source of it for themselves. So I think I can't thank my small group leaders enough. They, they are the real ones doing the, mm. the ministry, in my opinion. They're the ones who know kids soccer schedules and are encouraging Mm. them before their tests and are saying, you can talk to me whenever. Mm. Um, And so to, to know that there are people who are giving of their time to make that investment. Oh, come on now. That's good stuff. (laughs) It is, it is, but you're setting the tone for that. And, and um, it takes intentionality to set that kind of tone. So I'm grateful that we get to to work alongside each other, man. It's it's mm-hmm. beautiful to watch you do that. It's beautiful to see you carry that heart into that space and for kids to go, hey, there's someone I can trust. There's mm-hmm. someone who is willing to answer the questions for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they don't have all the answers, like to for me to be able to ask those questions right. is, is beautiful. Yeah, and I think maybe part of my story too is I'm, I think I was asking or, or desiring those talks and those deep questions way earlier than adults Mm. might think. Mm. (laughs) And I was desiring to be taken seriously and to, uh, yeah, genuinely pursue God Mm -hmm. way earlier than you would think. Mm. So I think that does translate into our ministry where my hope is that every night, every time the students come to church, they have the opportunity to be taken seriously, to ask Mm. real questions um, of course, to grow in community, to have fun and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, a space where they feel known mm. and seen. And I will not compromise uh, <laughs> if if there's a if it, I feel like that there's not a space for them to be known or seen, or it feels like they can just walk in and out and uh, high five someone, but never be asked how they're doing. So yeah. um, I think that does inform a lot of the ministry. And that's something I'm passionate about. Well, how about for the people here? Like, obviously, that's one context of of your ministry. But how about for the people here that that are watching? Sorry if I hit the microphone, people that are watching. But uh, the, you know, how about for people here that are watching you? Like, what are the things that you're passionate about as they kind of ask some of these questions or, or kind of peeking in maybe a lot of them mm-hmm. might not ever show up on a Sunday morning sure. or a Wednesday night or whatever. We hope mm-hmm. that you do, but um, there's probably plenty of people that won't ever show up, but what do you, what are you hoping that they will get from you, your heart as? Yeah, I, 
I think one of the reasons I love this podcast, one, because I'm genuinely just a really curious person. I love mm. hearing I love hearing what's happening um, in variety of areas of life. And I think I grew up thinking church was just like a church thing. And maybe our faith is just, it affects maybe some moral decisions, but I, I'm really passionate about how it affects every part of life. Mm. So, I mean, if you have someone, I, last night I was, I had some time to myself. So I went on YouTube and I started looking up, the golf ball paradox and watching science videos on momentum and inertia. And like that stuff fascinates me as well as city planning and cooking and gardening and, uh, and social work and mental health and Mm. technology. I mean, it all just fascinates. I love all that stuff. And so to get to talk to people who are thinking through big questions in those areas and for the listeners to know that faith impacts way more like to show that we can be pretty open-minded in terms of um, things that are happening around us Mm. (laughs) and um, the good that is seen, even common good. And uh, yeah, that we care much more than just if you showed up on Sunday. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. That went from being like a top indicator to me to I'm much more interested in talking Mm. and hearing about you than I am about your attendance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like here's, maybe this is a a good way to kind of wrap things up as I think about this time. Like I, I, like I've said a few times, I appreciate your heart so much. I appreciate the, the passion that you bring to, to ministry and even to this space. Like if you had to talk to somebody right now, that's kind of on the borderline on the fence, I don't know if I can really trust God with my life or not. I don't know what this following Jesus thing, if it's really worth it. Like, Mm -hmm. and they're keying in on this. They've just watched this whole interview about you and your life. Like, what what are you going to, what are you telling them right now? Oh man, I probably tell them it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. It must be really difficult. And just, man, being in those spaces and not knowing what you believe. (gasps) It's hard to be in those spaces. So I just would want them to know I have compassion yeah. <laughs> for you. And I want to genuinely help you navigate the world and would actually genuinely want to know about you and how you are made and what you're passionate about. And my hope would be that through those passions, through uh, discovering that you'd see that there's a common thread that might point to something bigger. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. there you go. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, is there anything else you want people to know about you, Aaron McGinnis? Oh, gosh. That we didn't cover. I know the Frisbee golf thing. We haven't oh, even touched man. base on that. We haven't even talked about that. Guys, uh, yeah. Come on. I, I mean, that's a huge part. We just left out of the whole thing. I, I don't, maybe we need to start over yeah, again or well, something. Well, after com- competing every single season since I was five. Right. And then stopping after college, I needed some type of competitive outlet. Mm-hmm. and didn't feel like I had time for soccer leagues or something like that. So disc golf, everybody. There it is. Yep. Was just at the world championships in Vermont, watching it go down. And uh, who won? 
Isaac Robinson, strong Christian. Wow. <laughs> there you go. I'm a big Isaac Robinson fan, everybody. Yes, Ezra Robinson won the uh, Rochester Flying Disc Open the week before. Of course he did. So and they are brothers. Brothers, big, uh, yeah. Rochester's a big disc golf hub community. Yeah. We hosted Worlds in 89 and 99. Great family sport. Wow. Free to play as long as you have a disc. Come on. Wow. There's f- two great courses within four minutes of Browncroft. No brainer. N- no brainer. Next no brainer. time you're in t- at Browncroft, hit Aaron McGinnis up and uh, he'll take you to the best local course possible. So, there you go. I think. Perfect. I just made that promise for him. I, he, <laughs> he, he can't guarantee that, but I just somehow did. There we go. So anyway, great hanging with you, man. Thanks yep. so much for spending this time with us. And I'm glad people got to look behind the curtain of your life just a little bit. There's so much more there that I know and appreciate. We've only yep. just scratched the surface, so I feel like we could spend a couple of days uh, doing this, but yeah. grateful for you and uh, all the ways you make Browncroft a better place and this podcast a better place. Thanks, John. Well, appreciate being here. Yeah, and uh, for all of you watching, hey, go ahead and smash that subscribe <laughs> button. I don't know if we say that. Do we say that here? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we, we probably don't. Uh, that's just because I'm old, everybody. I'm the oldest one here on the podcast. But anyway, hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time on Why God Why.